This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Fun Kids Family Walks. Dudley and the Black Country. Hello and welcome to this Fun Kids Family Walk. Walking's a great way to get out and stay healthy and to find out more about what's around you. Roads can be busy, so please take care on the walk, especially when it's time to cross a road. And remember, you can pause wherever you want if you'd like to look for a bit longer. Then, just restart the walk when you're ready. You'll hear an audio clue when to do so. Pause audio. This walk is all about Dudley and the Black Country. During the 19th century, this part of the country was right at the heart of industrial Britain. The Black Country is thought to have got its name because, at that time, it was described as a landscape blackened by day and red by night, with the factories and furnaces burning brightly and churning out soot. Very different to today. We're going to be taking a look back in time to trace this area's history and to find out some surprising facts about its geological secrets. Geology and industry might seem like very different things, but nowhere are the two as closely connected than here. Rich seams of iron, stone and coal lie under the ground. Two of the raw materials needed to make iron. Without iron, the Industrial Revolution would never have happened. It was needed for everything, from steam engines and railway lines to kitchen pots and kettles. The Black Country is where you'll find another important raw material needed to make iron. Limestone. Four limestone hills characterise the area, and Wren's Nest is one of the most important geological sites in Britain, and a place loved by fossil hunters. Mining may be a thing of the past, and many sites are now nature reserves, but on this walk, we'll take a look back in history from the fossils to the furnaces and beyond. Our story starts here, in what remains of Dudley Priory. It's a fitting place to begin the story of the Black Country, as it's one of the oldest buildings in the region. It was built all the way back in the 12th century. Even before then, it was an Anglo-Saxon settlement known as Dudder's Lee. A lee is a clearing, but we're not sure who Dudder was. The castle was built soon after the Norman invasion in 1066, with the priory dating a little later in 1150. Built by Gervais Paginal, who was the Lord of Dudley Castle. The remains we can see are stone, but originally it would have been constructed from wood. The remnants of stone are interesting. Take a look and you can see some red sandstone and lots of grey stone. That's limestone. Builders would have wanted to use materials that were close at hand, and so it tells us something about the type of rock in the area. Limestone would have been taken from Castle Hill and Wren's Nest, both nearby. There's lots to look at, so take your time to explore the ruins. Pause the audio if you want to have a look around, and then restart it so I can guide you to our next location. Pause audio. Ready to move on? Let's go! We're going to Castle Hill. Leave the Priory by crossing over Paganal Drive. Turn left into Gervas Drive by a red post box. Walk the length of the road until you reach Woodlands Avenue on the left. Take the footpath opposite on the right through the trees. Turn left after 50 metres at a T-junction, ignoring a path to the right. Stop when you reach a huge crater-shaped hole in the ground to your right. 
it's around a five minute walk. Pause the audio, walk until you get to Castle Hill, and then restart the audio again when you're ready. Welcome to Castle Hill. Now, you won't be able to miss the huge crater here. You might think it's a geological feature caused by nature, but in fact, like many other craters of this type, they were made by man and mining. Limescale mines ran deep under the ground. They were made up of caverns, tunnels and shafts, all of which made the surface unstable. And ever so often, well, they led to the collapse of the earth to form these enormous craters. They're known as crown holes or crowner's ends. The craters aren't the only thing that have changed here. The woods and their mature ash, beech and sycamore trees wouldn't have been around when the mines were active. They were planted by order of Lord Dudley after the craters had appeared. The idea being to hide the destruction. Of course, Lord Dudley himself was partly responsible for the devastation, being one of the biggest mine owners. The precious limestone wasn't just used for buildings such as the Priory. In the 15th century, it was burnt in lime kilns to make fertiliser for soils. And it would come into its own around 1600, when it was discovered that lime could be used to improve the quality of another precious commodity, iron. When heated with iron ore, lime made it easier to remove impurities. And as a result, the huge quantities of better quality iron fueled the furnaces of the Industrial Revolution for years to come. Pause the audio if you would like to have a look around, and then restart it so I can guide you to our next location. Pause audio. Ready to move on? Let's go! We're going to Castle Mill Basin. Continue along the path until you come to a T-junction. Turn left and follow the fence, keeping it on your right, until you see a path uphill. Go up the steps and turn right off the path by a large beech tree, with roots twisting up the trunk. Climb the bank and walk until you can just see over the green metal fence into the water at the bottom of the cavern below. It's around a two-minute walk. Pause the audio, walk until you get to Castle Mill Basin, and then restart the audio again when you're ready. Welcome to Castle Mill Basin. We're very close to another limestone cavern, but it's too dangerous for us to investigate or get near to. This cavern is a bit different to the others because it was created on purpose to make a canal basin to serve the emerging network of canals which supported the factories and became very important in the 18th and 19th centuries. Canals were a cheap and effective way to move goods around. Both the raw materials from quarries and goods such as machinery, ironware, glass and pottery. In the later part of the 18th century, Lord Ward of Dudley made huge changes building canals to link his colliery to the main canal network, then building underground canals to the mines. And then, in time, a link to Starbridge to carry rocks to the iron and glassworks there. Castle Mill Basin is connected to several underground canals. And if you're interested, there are sometimes boat trips to explore them. As well as links to Starbridge, there are links going north to the Birmingham Canal System and south to Parkhead Locks. The tunnel here is the second longest tunnel on the British Canal Network. It's a massive three kilometres long. There are two other tunnels around here as well. One goes to Wren's Nest, and the other to the Singing Cavern under Castle Hill. But that one was only opened in 1989. Whilst the Singing Cavern might sound like a bit of a strange name, it's due to the hum created by the wind. 
the audio if you'd like to have a look around. And then restart it so I can guide you to our next location. Pause audio. Ready to move on? Let's go! We're going to Wren's Nest. Retrace your way back to the path at the top of the steps. Continue on the main path, ignoring paths off to the right, until you reach a road. Turn left here into a residential road and continue until a busy crossroads. Go straight over at the crossing and into Bluebell Road, then bear right up steps into the woods. Continue straight over at a crossroads and through a metal kissing gate. Go straight up through the woods and stop when you pass a large outcrop of grey limestone either side of the path. It's around a 15 minute walk. Pause the audio, walk until you get to Wren's Nest and then restart the audio again when you're ready. Welcome to Wren's Nest. Now, Wren's Nest might make you think of the bird, especially with a nest in its name, but its origin is quite different. In the 1300s, it was known as Rosner, a type of chain or link. The limestone hills in this area seem to form a chain of rock rising up from the ground. An incredible fact is that originally these swathes of rock would have been flat. You'd have to go a long way back in time to see them like that though. Only some 400 million years, which was when two continents collided and the landscape was forced to fold up into the ridges we see today. The history of the sandstone starts a very long time ago, during what is known as the Silurian period. That was around 443 to 416 million years ago. This part of the world would have been at the bottom of a tropical sea, awash with all sorts of sea creatures and shells. Over millions of years, these sea creatures and shells formed layers on the sea floor. And as more and more layers were added, they were compressed to become hard limestone rock. It's not the only type of rock deposit you'll find in the Black Country. During the Carboniferous period, a little more recently, at about 310 million years ago, the area was covered with steaming swamps, which created softer seams, which became coal. These were followed by scorching deserts around 250 million years ago, resulting in red sandstones and pebble beds. That's why the area is super interesting to geologists. There's so much to see. Pause the audio if you'd like to have a look around. Then restart it so I can guide you to our next location. Pause audio. Ready to move on? Let's go! We're going to Murchison View. Continue ahead and then turn left at a crossroads. Follow the main path up some steps and then downhill through the woods until you reach an obvious set of steps leading up the hill on the right. Stop at the top of these by the information board. Pause the audio, walk until you get to Murchison View and then restart the audio again when you're ready. Welcome to Murchison View which is named after a famous 19th century geologist and one of the founders of the Royal Geographical Society, Sir Roderick Murchison. Like other geologists, Sir Roderick was fascinated by examining the Earth's many layers and fossils within to form a picture of Earth's history over millions and millions of years. He and his wife Charlotte spent many years studying and recording the rocks in the Welsh borders, creating illustrations to help others. He came to Dudley to explore the famous limestone hills, and it was whilst comparing samples that he identified a new time period in Earth's history, the Silurian Age. Murchison chose the name Silurian after an ancient tribe from Wales, the Ciliars. He became so famous 
that when he came back to Wren's Nest in 1849, over 15,000 people came to hear him talk, and he was carried on their shoulders as the King of Siluria. Pause the audio if you'd like to have a look around, and then restart it so I can guide you to our next location. Pause audio. Ready to move on? Let's go! We're going to the Seven Sisters Mine. Continue on the gravel footpath and stop when you reach the entrance to the Seven Sisters Mine. It's around a five-minute walk. Pause the audio, walk until you get to the mine, and then restart the audio again when you're ready. Welcome to the Seven Sisters Mine. Around the entrance to the mine, you'll see there are different seams showing the different types of rock found here. This is a place where limestone comes to the surface, and for many years, people would have quarried it from the surface. Over time, new technology enabled men to create mines, deep caverns that could reach further down than ever before, to reach larger and higher quality seams. They created giant caverns in the limestone, with pillars to hold up the roof. Limestone was mined here right up until 1927. Mining's always been dangerous work, Dark and dirty for long hours, with risks of the tunnels collapsing and explosions. In 2002, a major roof in the mine fell in, and so the entrance has been filled with gravel. The deeper the mines went, the harder it became to transport the rock to the surface, which is why underground canals were built, to move the rock on the barges to the forges and furnaces around the region. In fact... There's a canal tunnel 70 metres under our feet, part of the network from the Castle Mill Basin, which we saw earlier on. Whilst mining might not have paid much, there was plenty of work, and a clever miner would keep his eye out for fossils, which, as we've seen, are plentiful too. A good specimen could be sold for a large sum of money to fossil collectors, so keep your eyes open and perhaps you'll find some buried treasure too. That's the end of this walk around the Black Country. I hope you've enjoyed taking a look back in time with me. If you'd like to find out more, there are plenty of other interesting historical places to visit here in the Black Country. Here are just a few suggestions. Parks Hall Pool was built as a reservoir in the 19th century to supply Dudley with water for the region's growing population. Today, it's a tranquil nature spot as part of Wren's Nest. Of course, no visit to the Black Country would be complete without a visit to Dudley Castle, built in 1070, by one of William the Conqueror's followers. It's a great example of Norman Mott and Bailey construction and a terrific place to spend the day. A little further out, Sedgley Beacon is one high point to explore, literally. The beacon was used as part of a national beacon network to send messages across the country in the days before telephones. And to really immerse yourself in history and go back in time, visit the Black Country Living Museum, where houses, shops and streets have been recreated for you to explore. Don't forget to try the fish and chips. Thanks for joining me, and hopefully I'll see you again soon on another walk. Fun Kids Family Walks. For more information on what to see and do, visit funkidslive.com walks. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. I'm James Stewart. And in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. 
led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. <laughs> this is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.